Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. And Dr. Dyer, you know that famous quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself from Franklin Delano Roosevelt. You know, he said it perfectly. When, when we live in fear, inspiration, I guess, is, is really virtually impossible. How do you... How do you uh, describe refusing to live in fear, and and how do you kind of deal with that in your daily life? Oh, it's a big subject. It's a book. uh, It's uh, something I'm going to write about uh, down the road, um, a book about overcoming any and all fears, because it's basically basically a very simple thing to do. Um, It's just that people usually aren't willing to to, uh, take that leap and and make it a a fear-free life. the Course in Miracles uh, talks about fear a lot, and uh, it says uh, that there really are only two emotions in the whole uh, the whole spectrum of, of human uh, experience. Uh, one is love, and the other is fear. And it also goes on to say that anything that is love cannot be fear, and everything anything that is fear cannot be love. So the first thing that I would recommend for anyone who's uh, living with any kind of fear, and I'm I'm talking of, about not just you know, fears of heights and, and fears of snakes and and, and things like this, uh, but fears of, uh, you know, of of having to stand up in front of an audience that so many people are terrified by, or fears of uh, of, uh, of not receiving the approval that you would like to have, or or fears of, uh, of of failing in some way or another. That somehow, if I fail, it makes me an incomplete person or a bad person, or or fear of uh, other people not uh, not approving of me and so on. But when you look at each and every one of these, any of them at all, um, you see that it is a step uh, a, a step away from uh, um, being back in the arms of God, being back in in the space from which we all originated. And that's a big theme in my life. Uh, it, it's the idea that that to live in perfect love, perfect love, is to live in the in the same energy field from which uh, all things emanate, you know that nothing is created out of out of fear, nothing is created out of hatred, out of anger, out of bitterness, out of any of these kinds of uh, descriptors. That uh, the creation is a process of love. It is uh, it, it is without pain. It is without anything other than just pure connectedness to God. So that as you start examining these things that you that you call fears. What happens is you start. You, you can ask yourself the question: um, What is it that I'm afraid of right now? For example, I have a friend who's uh, who's uh, doing a uh, a course, uh, learning a course in um, it's called Toastmasters and stand, standing up in front of an audience. And one of these things that uh, that happens in, in in these courses is, and I talk to her about it on a regular basis, is that uh, and I've had to examine it myself as well. And I can even take it back to my own self. I think. Perhaps the biggest fear I can remember being in high school and being in the tenth grade, uh, at the ninth grade rather, at Denby High School on the east side of Detroit. Mrs. Thompson, Sarita Thompson, was my teacher, and one of the things that we had to do in that class was um, uh, twice uh, during the semester, we had to give uh, we had to read a book and then we had to give an oral book report. And the oral book report was about uh, about three or four minutes in front of the class. Now it's, this is a great big high school. I was in the ninth grade and. Uh, and the idea, and I didn't know hardly any of the students there, as though there were thousands of kids at the school, and we were just all divided up and put into these various classes and so on. And so getting up there in front of this group of strangers in the ninth grade and standing there was so terrifying to me that I would absolutely make myself sick. 
And uh, I can remember lying in my bed at night and sweating at night and having all kinds of dreams about, or just wishes about that something something would happen to Mrs. Thompson so that she wouldn't show up that day. Just something mild. I didn't wish her to be dead or anything, but just something that would just render her uh, unable to show up in school so that I wouldn't have to do this. And, and I can remember putting myself through this for the entire semester. And then, and then finally, when I when I, when the, I could no longer put it off, and I would have to get up there and and I would do it, I would find that I was actually quite good at it. And the, and the, I would always get a good grade, and the, the the teachers and the students would always give me good feedback. And and I actually kind of enjoyed the great uh, feeling and the great uh, sense of uh, being able to be in command and and all of that, which is interesting because that's one of the things that I. I've chosen as a life profession as being up in front of large numbers of audiences or being on television and so on. But at that time, and I look at that in terms of what The Course in Miracles says, which is that there's only fear or love. And so if I was, I wasn't obviously in love. First of all, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel love for myself. And when you don't feel love for yourself, anything that isn't love, according to The Course, is fear. Um, and I didn't perhaps uh, feel even love uh, emanating from the audience themselves um, and and so what I was doing rather than than saying to myself this is a this is another group of people just like myself and um, they have to go through the same thing I do and every single one of them uh, isn't no one in the out there is going to judge me they uh, they will uh, they will respond to me in a, in a in a sensible and a loving and a decent and a kind way rather than that they will judge me, and then I would think about, well, what if they didn't? What if they, what if they thought that I was terrible? What if they thought that that was the worst talk? That I, what if I stammered all the way through it? And what if I was frightened and so on? Um, if I was in a state of love, that wouldn't bother me. But instead of not being in a state of love, I was in the opposite. Uh, and there's an acronym that they use for fear. It's uh, fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. So that the the evidence that we have out there is that they're not going to like me. This isn't going to work out. That there must be something wrong with me. I must be insufficient. Maybe it goes back to when I was a little boy and I was afraid of uh, you know somebody not approving me or I wouldn't succeed properly or I didn't uh, I didn't perform at the level that I was supposed to or whatever it might be. And somehow that would say something about me. But if I had learned something different, which is that whatever it is that I'm out there doing has nothing to do with me, and that I am uh, a loving, good, decent human being, not because of how I perform or because of what uh, other people think about me, but I am a good, decent, loving human being because I came from that place, and everything that comes from that place must be that. And once you get that, once you start shifting around your energy into a place of love, love for yourself, love from God, love uh, regardless of how you perform, love regardless of what, what it looks like, love regardless of what anybody else might I think about you that you always walk around with this sense of uh, I am connected to to God and and in doing a uh, a yoga class last week with my friend Bikram uh, out in uh, Los Angeles one of the things that he said in the midst of uh, his dialogue that we were going through this uh, uh, through the yoga class is that the uh, the only thing that prevents a person from living at a level of God realization the only thing is that they underestimate themselves and he was basically saying the same thing, that when you underestimate yourself, you can't be back in the arms of God or back in a sense of, uh, of, of living at that God or spirit consciousness because you're, uh, you're in something else. And that something else that you're in is uh, an underestimation of your greatness, of your divinity, of, of uh, what it is that uh, you are in the first place. And so when we reevaluate who we are, we begin to realize that 
we're not our bodies, and we're not our accomplishments, and we're not what other people think of us, and we're not any of those things. We're not separate from anybody else. Those are, these are all just the little temporary conditions that truly who we really are is a piece of God, is just a piece of this great divine spirit. And that is nothing but pure love. And when you're in that, you just go about your business, just like watching, I, I watched this morning, and I watched the Blue Jays out here on my patio. I'm in Florida this week. And, um, and I watched, the, there was a little cat out there, and I watched them going back and forth, playing their little game of uh, uh, the bird flying down. And, the, the, and each, one the, each one of them were just out there. The bird was doing one thing, the cat was doing something else. And they weren't in fear. They were just simply living. They were just simply being. And all you have to do is, is be the same way, is get into a place where you just say to yourself every time that you have a fear that uh, I, what I'm going to do is just shift back to love. I'm going to shift back to the perfect place from which I originated, and then I'm going to see if a fear really can exist. And when you get back into that real safe, loving uh, place, even if you're facing death, even if you've got the diseases that are uh, raging through your body, even if you've got, you know, all kinds of debts and uh, uh, whatever it might be that might be showing up in your life that you might be afraid of in some sense, if you move yourself back to this God consciousness, this God connection and say, there's only love and fear. According to Jesus, there's only love and fear. And with love, all things are possible because love and God are synonymous. And uh, Dr. Dyer, I can tell you one of the scariest things that I kind of had to deal with was moving from Florida to California. I was offered a job out here in San Diego, and I was so afraid to make that move and driving across the country. It seemed just so terrifying to me. But when I really thought about it, it scared me more not to do it than to actually do it. So once I kind of worked through it and I did it, and it it turned out to be, of course, a, a great thing. Well, you also, Diane, if you know, if you know that this is a purposeful universe, if you know that there's, a, there's an intelligence that supports everything, and that when you have desires, really strong desires to change something, and, and you feel that deep within you, but, but you resist doing it because of, uh, of being comfortable where you are, or just being used to uh, mm-hmm. being where you are, whether it's in a relationship or it's in the same job or so on. Every time I go into a, another radio station across the country when I would tour, and and uh, people would be telling me, oh, we've just lost our job, or the radio station's closing down. And I would say, congratulations. And they would act, act look at me like, you know, how can you, how can you be so insensitive? And I'd always remind them that, uh, you know, you've been wanting to get out of here for the last 10 years or 15 years, and you've been thinking about it all along. And because you didn't do it, through God or the soul or spirit or whatever you want to call it, the, this universal divine organizing intelligence that supports all life on this planet, is uh, is really forcing you into uh, into moving. I feel that way about when fires come along, or when accidents happen, or when we, you know, and any any of these any number of things that slow us down. That uh, you start looking at the intelligence that's behind it and saying, you know, I really have something. There's there must be something very powerful happening here. And if you know that you're in God's hands when you're doing this, I mean, if you had that kind of faith, that real pure faith, then you would be saying to yourself, this is this is all going to work out. And what it is that I'm supposed to be doing is absolutely on its way. And I'm being directed to do this. And because internally I have this very strong, passionate desire to do it, like you're driving across the country, you're going through Iowa, you're going through Kansas, <laughs> you're going through Montana, you know, you're, uh, you're on your way out there, and you can't stop yourself because there's some internal kind of thing that has been a collaboration with something that we call fate, and it's all working. And you start trusting in the universe rather than believing that it's, uh, that it, that it's not on purpose. 
and everything works for you. Yeah, it's always worked out for the better. That's true. Yeah. And we've got a lot of people waiting okay. to speak with you today. So let's just jump over to the phones here. Going to Milena on line nine in Sherman Oaks. Milena, you're on the air with Dr. Wayne Dyer today. Fabulous. I'm so Hi. excited. Hi there. How are you? I'm excited, too. Good. I'm glad. Um, I actually met you on uh, last Saturday in Hollywood. And it was oh. very brief. You were so rushed for time, but I got a great picture. Oh, uh, did you? signed a book. I was, it was a great day. But Everybody um, in this world has a camera. I can't believe that. Now, when and I you know, and there now, were 3,000 plus people there in California, <laughs> and every single one of them brings a camera in the form of a telephone or in the form of a pager or something, but it was a great afternoon. We had a wonderful time. Yes, it was wonderful. Um, some, a question that I have is, Okay, I actually had you sign the Incredible You book for my children. Mm -hmm. My six-year-old daughter wants desperately to be a dragon when she grows up. Um, and I read her Incredible You and, you know, um, principle number eight, pretend you are what you'd like to be, make mm -hmm. a picture in your mind. If you believe in your heart, it will come to you. Right. I don't know what to say to her. I don't quite, because she says, well, Mom, well, can I? Can I be a dragon? And I don't really know how to respond to that. What what is, what is a dragon to her? Um, a a creature that flies that can breathe uh, fire. fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a caricature of an of a of a uh, of a dragon. I, I suppose. Yeah. I think I would just go right into her mind with that. I would ask her all kinds of questions about it. Like, let's supposing you are becoming a dragon. What would you do? What 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 do dragons do all day? And. Um, uh, you know what? What kind of thing could you do to make the world the kind of place that you want to make it? As a, you know, in the body of a dragon. And do you think dragons are, are are things that are out there? Have you ever seen one? I mean, she may have a very active imagination, and she oh, may she in does. fact <laughs> she may in fact be um, you know uh, creating some kind of a a movie about dragons. That's uh, that's way down the road. That's thirty years ahead. You know, because she might just be. You know, your consciousness expands in every direction when you get into your imagination and you, and you just live it purely. Rather than thinking of, of a dragon as something that's negative, uh, I would think of it as, uh, as something that's... You know, I would ask her everything about it. I would just go into it and I would play the whole game out with her. And, and she may have something very brilliant. In fact, a dragon to her may be something that you haven't even thought of. It may be... Um, it may not be at all that, that fire-spewing, you know, uh, creature. Right, and, fact, and I wasn't... I don't think of anyway, it... Aren't they? I'm sorry. I said, aren't most dragons pretty good in the end? Oh, yes, yeah. I don't see, I don't look at dragons as, as negative at all, but I just don't, you know, I, she, she truly be, yeah. belie like, uh, believes when I grow up, I'm going to be a dragon. So I was just saying, I don't know yeah. quite how to approach that. She also has mentioned, though, that she wants to be a movie maker when she grows up. Oh, that's what it <laughs> sounded like. I mean, I heard that. It's so funny. When this, <laughs> when this call came in and they said Sherman Oaks, California, my instant, my instant reaction was this person was with me last week in, in Los Angeles, and then uh, when you started talking about that, I could see some, I could see this little girl doing a movie that had something to do with, uh, you know, creatures that uh, are magical and can make you know wonderful, creative things, creative kinds of things happen for other people. That's great. Thank you so yeah. much. Okay, so uh, the... let me ask you a question. Sure. Where, where do you get from? Where do you get dragon milk? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You get dragon milk from cows with real short legs. <laughs> it's dragon. You know, cows. That, 
You are a funny man. Um, one other real quick thing, if, uh -huh. if, if I could. Um, I'm a huge fan of Sky's music now. Uh, oh, since yeah. I purchased her CD. And I, would, I searched her on this, this uh, website called MySpace, and I right. found that she has a little a site, but she hasn't done much with it. Will you, will you ask Sky to please go on MySpace and, and, and put I'll some music up? Okay. Yes. I definitely will. And you can get her CDs through HayHouse.com. Yes. By the way, I'm, coming, uh, I'm going to be doing a program with Byron Katie in Pasadena. I have it's, already purchased my ticket. I have, have it in my in my possession right now. Yeah, but that was that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful day. I can't wait. Yeah, and I was just thinking about maybe, what is your daughter's name? Jasmine. Jasmine. Yeah. Um, she might really she might really get something great out of that. Byron Katie is one of the real great people in the world. Right. And you, real creative people. You think a six-year-old, you think it... It would be, I don't know. Okay. It depends on the six-year-old. Because, because I'm sorry. Go ahead. My 10-year-old son, Jordan, actually asked if he could accompany me last Saturday. And yeah. I told him, I said, you know what, honey, maybe when you're a little older, because I felt it might get boring for him. Oh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> Matter but, of fact, if they say things like that, so right. just jump on it. Just okay. let them. Um, okay. I, when I spoke, you know, I just did a cross-country tour after I left there. I did Chicago, and there was a little boy in right. Chicago who was 11. Mm -hmm. but, and I said to him, he was holding his mother's hand, and I said to his mom, oh, I said, oh, isn't that nice? You brought your son. She said, no, no. He watches you on public television, mm -hmm. and uh, and he insisted that I get tickets, and he is bringing me. I wasn't I wasn't even planning to come. Let's go right to the phone. Cheryl in Largo, Florida. You're on the air with Dr. Wayne Dyer today, line five. Wow, I can't believe I got through. Of course. <laughs> cool. It was a destiny. I guess so. It's what you signed up for 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, after listening to uh, your monologue in the beginning of this talk, right. I'm realizing that I've lived most of my life in fear. Mm -hmm. um, I had a traumatic event when I was in my 20s, and um, I guess the way I processed it, um, I guess left me living in fear of doing anything that I really wanted to do with my life. What was the event? Can you, tell, can you talk about it on the radio real quickly? I gave a baby up for adoption. Okay. And... Um, I guess after that, I, I, I'm an artist, and mm -hmm. um, after that happened, I just kind of lost any of my desire to do anything. I became addicted to drugs, and it's been kind of an uphill battle ever since. Mm -hmm. um, but things are getting better, and, um, you know, I, I found you through Power of Intention, and I know in my heart that everything that I've heard you say is real because I know... I've believed it before you ever, before right. I ever heard you, you know. So now I'm at a point, I have a baby girl, and she's a beautiful baby girl, and I'm very happy with her. But um, I guess now I feel more free to pursue my art. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, What's but, the connection between that feeling of freedom and, and what happened to you, what, 10 years ago? How long ago was it? Uh, I guess about 15 years now. 15 years ago. What's the connection between your feeling free to now and, and your daughter and that and, I'm and that I'm not event? really sure, but I don't know if it's maybe that I want her to know that you should follow your dreams, mm -hmm. you know, and, and not just do what society tells you to do or your parents tell you mm -hmm. to do. But I do uh, believe that I was put on this planet for maybe a couple of purposes, yeah. you know. Well, certainly one of them was to have these two children. Yes, definitely. And, and and they came through you, and and that that's not in our hands. I mean, right. uh, life, you know, the creation of life. As, as much as we like to think that it's us, uh, it's really not. I mean, I have eight children, and uh, a couple of them are here, with, despite all of our efforts to not make that, not allow that to happen again. 
Right. Uh, but they did any. But they did anyway. And and the same happened for you. Uh, you know, 15 years ago. And, right. and and that was in divine perfect order, but it wasn't in perfect order for you to uh, to be in a position to to raise that child at that time because uh, so there was some kind of internal something going on inside of you that said this is the right thing to do at this time is Definitely. to allow this child to, uh, to to be parented by someone else, wasn't it? Definitely, it was definitely my my decision. Okay, and so my there's choice. that, and then so so like. You know, when, when you trust, there's, there's a great line that I've used often, and, and particularly in years uh, years back, is that when you trust in yourself, you're trusting in the wisdom that created you. So you right. trusted in yourself, which means that you you were trusting in the wisdom that created you. You were really trusting in the piece of you that is that is that is God uh, to do the right thing for this child that you brought into the world. Um, but then you went from that to addictions. You said, "Well, what happened was I felt that loss." Right. And and I ended up very, very depressed. Right. And so, so what you did is you went from love to fear. You yeah. You know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it, did I do the right thing? Am I going to be judged harshly? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm missing this person. But all of these kinds of things, which are not of love, because love, if you were of love, you would say, but I, I, was, <clears throat> I was internally directed to do exactly what I did. And right. if I hadn't been internally directed to do it, I, I wouldn't have done it. And it felt right. And, and you knew that as a mother. You knew that, so it's like you trusted that, and th and then what you do is you start substituting for you know this loss and all of that with something that's even even gives you more of a loss, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is the, the what 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 was, was the drugs that you were doing? Heroin. Heroin. Mm -hmm. So here you get you you're going for the ultimate counterfeit uh, you know sense Definitely. of of uh, being fulfilled, aren't you? Because Definitely. anytime you allow yourself to go after something that's going to fulfill you, that in which you can never get yourself filled up, because you know all addictions are nothing more than telling yourself that you'll never get enough of what you despise. Really don't want, yeah. Yeah. So you continue to push after what you don't want, what you don't want. You see that every high is just a counterfeit high because it's like it just says, no, this isn't it. You have to have another one. Whereas when you're with God, when you're with Source, when you're at Spirit, uh, you don't you don't have to have more because you're you're already everything. And so that's what like, I'm trying to get to is is to that point of love. I want to. You're already there, darling. You're already there. You know, I and, and that's what love fear. is. That's the absence of fear. You already are there, right now, right now, right in this moment. You're already there. The only thing that's keeping you from being there is that you underestimate how how powerful you are and what you're here for, and that's and that fear keeps you from doing what it is that you are destined to do, which is what painting is it and an art? Painting, sculpture. Yeah. So every time you go to that fear, you go away from what it is that you signed up for, because that's your passion, isn't it? Yes. And that passion, the presence of that passion, is all the evidence that you need that you have the ability to manifest it. Not, yeah. the, not the desire, I, the presence of the passion. The passion is that thing that, that won't go away. It just won't go away. Right, yeah. and it keeps talking to me that, yep. you know, that I need to do it, that I yeah. need to do it. And I guess I've, but I think my ego is a part of the problem. Well, the ego is, is is the source of all problems. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So yeah. I, I'm having a hard time slaying that ego. Yeah, you don't and have I've to. You don't so even have to slay it. This you, way you, you, that the old habits keep yeah. like but, I knee jerk react to everything, uh -huh. and I'm back to being that same person I used to be, and I don't want that. Yeah, but you're not any longer because what you want is on its way. So let me give you a suggestion. What is your name? Cheryl. Cheryl. Um, I, I give you a suggestion when you hang up the telephone. Okay, 
Go to uh, whatever space it is that you paint or, or draw or whatever it is, whatever it is, and, and spend just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes uh, uh, drawing or painting or sculpting. Just, just spend 10 minutes doing it and watch and see how you feel. It doesn't matter if you just take a lead pencil and, a, and a, just a piece of paper and just sketch or whatever it is, but just spend 10 minutes, you and yourself and God, allowing this to come through and watch and watch and see how you feel. And watch how all of this stuff that you've been doing, all of this stuff about the child that you gave away, and all of those years of uh, the addictive behaviors and so on, which are no longer here with you. That, that addiction is, is an ancient memory. You know, it's not anything that you're practicing or going to practice. Is that true? Well, I'm, I'm in a treatment. Yeah. Well, I, I had a relapse, and I'm in treatment right now. You're not, you're not doing it now, though, are you? No. Well, then that's what I'm speaking about. I'm not talking about right, right. yesterday is just as over as uh, as 20 years ago and as the Peloponnesian War. You know, it's, it's all. Right, it's right. All. <laughs> yeah. So in this moment, you're not doing that. And when you're painting, you can't be in that place and when you're right. when you're in that creative space. So it wasn't even a relapse. It was just a reminder to get back on purpose. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.